the Culture Guy Podcast. This is episode 11. And it is May 2016. Welcome back, everybody, to the Culture Guy podcast. It's been a while since we last updated. Yeah, it's been a while since we last updated. I'm sorry it took a little longer. There was work. There was technology issues that we had to take care of. But it's all good now. We're back in swing. Today we have a wonderful guest from Hawaii. Actually, she's not from Hawaii any longer, but that's where she grew up. I will introduce you to her just in a little bit. But before we get started with our guest today, I would like to um, direct your attention real quick to the CETAR annual conference this year. The conference won't be until November. In fact, it's November 9 through 12, and it'll be held in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's the CETAR USA annual conference, so don't get confused. It's not CETAR Global or from any other country. Since I live in the United States, this is something that I would like to point out to you. CETAR USA, their 16th annual conference, November 9 through 10th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And why am I telling you about it now? Because... CETAR is still calling for proposals. So you can submit your proposal to speak or to present at the annual conference. And the deadline to do so is May 27th. So you better get a move on and submit your proposal. You will find the information on their website, CETAR USA. I will post the link in the show notes. Now, today I have with me a guest um, that has become a dear friend. Um, her name is Mamie Lamley, and I'm not going to give away too much of what she does. Suffice it to say, Mamie is, well, some would call her an angel. Uh, those of you who believe in uh, celestial beings like that, Mamie might be fitting that description. I've met Mamie many, many moons ago as part of um, personal development courses that she took part in and that she supported. And she's one of the sweetest souls I've ever met. She's become a dear friend of mine, and I was so glad that she um, agreed to talk to us and talk to you. Um, I sat down with her and talked about her upbringing. In, she grew up in Hawaii, and she will tell you a little more about it. So let's not waste time with my blabbering. Listen to Mamie and her story. Today with Miss Mamie Lamley from Hawaii, and I hope I'm saying that right, Mamie. Yes, you are. Aloha, Christian. Aloha. <laughs> so you are originally from Hawaii, but I know that you have a, 
a rather diverse background. Would you share with our audience what it means to be Hawaiian in, in your experience? Sure. Uh, you know, growing up Hawaiian is, is a mix of multicultures. Uh, by ethnicity, mm -hmm. I am Hawaiian, Filipino, Japanese, German, oh, wow. uh, Portuguese, and I only speak English and Pigeon English. <laughs> 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 and you, you are from which island of Hawaii? <laughs> I'm from the island of Oahu okay. and the town of Waianae. And I've, I've known you for a while and I know that you told me once that um, growing up in Hawaii is beautiful, but at some point in your life, in your early adulthood, you realize that it's a rather small place to be, or it's, it has its limitations. So when did you decide to break through those limitations and start exploring the world? You know, exploring the world came really early. Uh, at six years old, I took my first trip to LA without my parents. Oh, wow. Uh, because I had some friends. So I got, to see, I got to see the world from a very different perspective. You know, although my parents were not well educated, I never knew that until I went to college. Mm. I never knew that I was really poor because my father always said we were rich in heart. Mm, and that beautiful. is basically part of our Hawaiian culture mm -hmm. is the fact that we are aloha and that spirit of aloha. Can you explain what that means? Because it, it has a touristic value to most people and Hawaii is a, a dream destination for many. But growing mm -hmm. up there and coming from that culture, what does aloha mean? You know, aloha has many meanings. It means love, mm -hmm. welcome. It means welcome with our love and sincerity. Mm. It has a very different meaning. Uh, and so every time you hear us speak, we're, we'll say aloha. Mm -hmm. And if I'm standing in the doorway, that means come on in. Mm -hmm. Another way is aloha is my salutation to almost anyone. And when I say it, it's the tonation that makes a big difference. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I can say aloha, and that means welcome. Mm -hmm. And I can say aloha, Christian, and that means hi, how are you doing, pal? Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is a very expressive. And aloha is what we carry in our heart. Nice. And that is where I come from when I go out into the many countries that I've visited. Mm -hmm. And so my children also carry that in their heart. So it's not a word, it's not a meaning, it's a place that we come from, soul is what I say. So when you say your, your parents, your father told you that you're rich in heart, mm -hmm. um, is that a Hawaiian mindset to not value material possessions as much as the Western world does? You know, in Hawaii, we were brought up to take care of each other mm -hmm. and to share everything that we have. And believe it or not, if anyone got to m uh, meet our family, if it was the last thing and the shirt was the only thing we had on our back and you needed it, mm -hmm. that shirt would come off and we'd give it to you. And that's how we were brought up. Uh, in our home, it was not unusual to get up in the morning and find a tent in the yard, strangers, <laughs> but it was visitors from another country, Thailand, Germany, mm -hmm. uh, France, mm -hmm. uh, and w we'd get up and we'd find somebody in the yard because mom was very concerned 
that, you know, we grew up in a pretty rough area. Everybody takes a look at Hawaii and they think, oh, it's just beautiful, it's tourists. Um, and unfortunately, the dark side of Hawaii is that we have a lot of identity problems. We have identity crises. The culture of Hawaii is, is people see us as the loving, open people, but there is a lot of prejudice that happens there. How so? Can you explain? Sure. You know, back in history, Hawaiians are still fighting for their own sovereignty and their mm -hmm. own rights, mm -hmm. for good, better, otherwise. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, you know, in a lot of cases, I, yes, I am Hawaiian or Hawaiian, but uh, we have become lost in our identity and the fact that, one, we were not allowed to actually learn our Hawaiian language mm -hmm. when we were growing up. We had only one school that actually promoted uh, the culture and the language. And un unfortunately, you know, we have thousands and thousands of people, but only a select few got into the school. Mm. And, so. and with, with the group orientation, with the collectivist mentality that you just described, given your last shirt, even if you had nothing, you would still share it. it it's, it's, a, it's a culture of community, of, of belonging together in a group where the group is often more important than the individual interest, correct? Absolutely. Um, and the United States, of which Hawaii is mm -hmm. the 50th state, mm -hmm. is probably the most individualistic culture mm -hmm. on the planet. Mm -hmm. So I could imagine that there is some clash in mentalities between the, um, between the Hawaiian um, native population on the mm -hmm. island and the Caucasian or African American um, or other Asian um, settlers on the island. How, how does that play out in day-to-day -day life in Hawaii? You know, the struggle of the Hawaiians still continue. Mm -hmm. They're in the process of fighting for sovereignty, but at the same time, we live in an American society. Mm -hmm. And uh, the meaning of ohana, ohana is family. Mm -hmm. And Lilo and Stitch actually made that very popular. <laughs> you know, ohana means family, no one gets left behind. Yes. And although it was a Disney character, it truly is no one gets left behind. You know, in Hawaii, we had our own hierarchy of taking care of each other. Uh, if, a, if a sister or brother actually had a baby and they could not take care of that baby, we had a system called Hanai. And that meant we would take care of the child until they had, uh, they had the means and the wherewithal to, to actually take care of the child themselves. And so we would take care until that parent or sister or brother was ready to take them back. Mm -hmm. And then the child will go back home. Wow. Yeah. So you, you took your, your life experience, your, your family experience, and, and the, the social struggle of Hawaii, and, mm -hmm. and you went to mainland the United States to, to further your education and to travel. But I know you also um, took your experience and your, your knowledge to other countries. I know you worked in Thailand, you worked mm -hmm. in the Philippines, I think you worked in Korea as well. Yes, um, what exactly did you do there and how was that coming coming from the U.S. slash Hawaii mm -hmm. and going into other Asian countries? How was that for you? It was a big eye-opener. Uh, in Korea, I actually learned that being of Filipino descent and being actually an executive and owner of my own company didn't also give me the right to actually be up on stage. And I was there specifically to run business seminars. Oh, wow. And it was heart-wrenching to go all the way to Korea 
and find out that I could not take the stage. How so? What happened? Uh, when I got there, all they saw was I was Filipino. And that was a disqualifier? Uh, yeah. I was specifically told, you, you can't get on stage because you're Filipino. Filipinos clean the toilets. Oh. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I am not only Filipino, but I am of Hawaiian descent. Mm -hmm. I have Japanese. I have a multitude of cultures mixed inside of me. And I'm qualified because I actually am the top of the company right now. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And uh, believe it or not, I never took the stage. So what happened then in Korea? How, how did you resolve the situation? Believe it or not, I had to bring my husband to Korea. And my husband, uh, my husband is uh, of Caucasian descent. And uh, the, my, my husband is actually Chinese Caucasian. Oh, wow. And so he's a redhead, freckle-faced boy. <laughs> Believe it or not. He so he went on stage instead of you? He took the stage. Oh, okay. So they would allow a man? Yes. Okay. So An American mm -hmm. nice man. So w what did you learn from that experience? That in, in Korea there are still other um, social levels of hierarchy um, and that you didn't fit that model? Absolutely. I did not fit in that model. How did that make you feel? Very bad. Mm -hmm. Here I was. I was an executive of a company. And I even got stopped from going back into my executive suite because they could, they, I needed to verify who I was. Oh, wow. That really, that really put me in a different perspective again. Mm -hmm. And uh, going into various Asian countries, I did find that what I had actually attained, an executive woman, mm -hmm. professional speaker, it was not going to be as easy as I thought it was going to be. Mm. So did that change the way you do business in Korea, or did you never go back to Korea? Uh, I actually went back once, mm -hmm. but that was with my husband. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how I did need to take the oriental cultural way of being very submissive, mm -hmm. which is not Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. But you were able to tone it down, and, and you were able to, to um, accept the, the behavioral norms for, for at least for the time being while you were there. I did. Mm -hmm. And as I made those adjustments, so did they actually get to know me a little better. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I was able to take the role that I was meant to take, and that was the lead role in our business that we did there. Nice. Mm -hmm. How was I, I know you you were you spent a lot more time in Thailand, mm -hmm. um, and Thai culture is similar, at least to most Westerners. Thailand mm -hmm. is is synonymous with beaches, with tropical food, mm -hmm. with tropical sunshine and water, and beautiful people and colors. And they see it uh, oftentimes as a tourist destination. Um, you lived in Thailand. You worked in Thailand. I did. So, I t did. tell our listeners what that was like. Well, you know, I had the opportunity to actually serve uh, on the King's Charities. Mm. I opened up a, I actually worked on a specific English program mm -hmm. to roll out to the country because the King of Thailand really believed that English was very important to his people. Highly educated society, mm -hmm. beautiful people, and more accepting of women being in, in a position. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I, I actually got to meet the Thailand uh, Thai 
president, um, King actually, mm -hmm. King and his family. Uh, it was a culture shock for me <laughs> because now I was dealing with a different monarchy. Yes. But I learned, you know, in, in the Hawaiian way, we learn to adapt. And so when I got to meet the king, I had the option. I could, as a foreigner, walk to meet to the king or crawl. Like the Which is the cultural do. way, yes. yes. So you crawled very I lowly, crawled. right? I crawled to the king. Mm -hmm. And I even taught the princess for almost eight hours on my knees. Wow. And never once looking into their eyes, which is very different for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was an honor. And what I've learned in working with a lot of the cultural, uh, cultural all over the world, is to one, understand who they are first, mm -hmm. and then allow myself to not demean myself, but allow myself to just embrace who they are and open my arms wide open and accept the culture. Accept the culture first, because when you can accept the culture first, the people accept you for who you are. Mm, that's and beautiful. that was a beautiful awakening for me. Oh, and that's a good advice for, for everybody out there listening and, and getting ready for um, their cultural adjustment. Uh, some of our listeners are now expatriates living in other cultures, mm -hmm. or they're about to become expatriates, mm -hmm. or they live and work across mm -hmm. cultural gaps. Mm -hmm. and that, that's a, a, a very wise nugget there, maybe, that um, accepting the culture that you're placed Absolutely. into and fully mm -hmm. grasping what, what drives them, what their values are, mm -hmm. and, and taking that at that value instead of putting your own value judgment on it. So that, that's... As an American, you know, we have a tendency to go in with our guns loaded, mm -hmm. and sometimes that's not received very well. And I can tell you, though, understanding the culture before you go in to do business is what you really want to do, mm -hmm. because that will go a long way. Right. You know, I learned very quickly in Thailand how to how to actually bow properly, and the bowing and the fact that I crawled to the king and people knew I was a foreigner made the biggest difference in the eyes of the village that we were staying in. Mm -hmm. By the time I got home, there was the village was actually at my house, and it was mm -hmm. it was just unbelievable. So they all came to your house. They came to my house. Why they were that? watching. They were watching the television. I did not know that everything was filmed. <laughs> <laughs> so you became a star. <laughs> it was almost stardom from the beginning there, but and it all stemmed because before I went to the palace, I learned what the culture was. Mm -hmm. I paid attention, I asked questions. Mm -hmm. I said, what would be proper and what would not be proper? Mm -hmm. And you know, most Americans, and we had another American with us, and she says, I am not getting on my hands and knees, and she didn't, and that was a choice, mm -hmm. and that was okay. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I did not realize that people perceived me as Thai. Oh, because of your Asian because looks? Because of my Asian looks. Mm -hmm. And so, that is what I took into consideration also. What would, what would the Thai people think if I walked and I looked like a Thai person? Mm. And so again, it was not giving up what I believed in, but allowing myself to accept the culture again and open arms. And I can tell you this, six, seven years in Thailand, and I would never go hungry. 
because when that that one instance of crawling to the king. So people recognize that. People and, recognize okay. that. Did, did you do it properly? Or I did, did. Good. Were there times in Thailand or in other cultures that you worked <laughs> in where you, you thought you did it right, but then it turned out you screwed it up? I sure did. Uh, would you be open <laughs> to sharing one of those moments? I admit I, I would. It was so embarrassing. I had the opportunity to meet the wife of the prince of Thailand. Mm. And that's when I stopped speaking Thai. <laughs> <laughs> Why that? Because Thai is a tonal language. Mm -hmm. And uh, if your inflection goes high, it's usually positive. Mm -hmm. If it goes low, it could get you in trouble. Okay. And uh, I thought I told her that she looked beautiful in her beautiful silk dress. And How would that sound in Thai? So it's young Okay. And I don't think I said it properly, and I, I called her a, a pretty bad name. <laughs> and the only reason why I knew I said it incorrectly, I believe my tonation went down. I think I told her she looked like a pig. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> just, just from the inflection of your voice. Yes. Okay. But I can tell you this much, Christian. I, I learned how to say, how to apologize in Thai so beautifully. Oh. How, how does that sound then? So for those of us who... <laughs> that sounds like you're very sorry. Yes, exactly. So having, having had these issues, having recognized, okay, I made a, I made a boo-boo here. Or I made a mistake. Or I stepped on somebody's toes. In public. In public. Oh, my goodness. With a, with a person of authority or some public figure. Um, which, first of all, made you look like a fool, right? Yes. And also made you a little vulnerable. Yes. A little much so, maybe. Mm -hmm. What would you tell our audience if they find themselves in a situation where they screw it up and they become the butt of the joke, or when they become a fool or even act really inappropriately and maybe their behavior may be viewed as negative? Mm -hmm. how, how do you recover from that? You know, the best advice I can give you is take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. <laughs> take a deep breath, exhale and smile. Mm -hmm. And in your best voice say, I am so sorry. I know I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. How can I correct this? And that's how I learned it. Katotka, pupasatai maidaika. Every culture I go into, I learn how to say I'm sorry mm -hmm. and to excuse me. Mm -hmm. Because I never know when I walk into a culture what I may do to offend someone. Mm -hmm. And so in many different languages, I've learned how to say, I'm sorry. Uh, and if I don't know the language, I use body language. Mm -hmm. And so I usually will actually put my hands together like I'm praying and just, please forgive me. So it, 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 it has to be genuine, right? You, you want to, to show genuine remorse and... and, mm -hmm. and and, and show respect for whatever behavioral norm you mm -hmm. just violated, maybe not even knowing which one it was. Absolutely, right. you know. I learned a long time ago that when I speak from my heart and when I make a mistake, I cover my heart mm -hmm. and I generally apologize. Most people accept that. Nice. So Mamie, um, I know you've um, been working in the corporate environment for, for a long time. Um, I think it's no secret if I divulge it here, you, you said goodbye to the corporate world and you're in the process of, of uh, redefining the way you 
uh, address your audience. Um, how can how can our listeners find you? What what is it you are providing now? I know you work with women and with youth. What exactly is it you do? Uh, right now, I actually am starting my new company called Empowerment on Fire. Mm -hmm. I also have a Mandala Mystics website that you can find me currently on okay. the web. We'll, we'll post that website on mm -hmm. the show notes so people can find you. But uh, my work is really with women and youth mm -hmm. to find their voice and to find and discover what they would like, what their passions are, nice, and how they want to actually show up in the world. And uh, that has been my whole life. And you know, in Hawaii, we, we learn a good, bad, or otherwise lesson. We always put others first, and we let that light shine from the back. Mm -hmm. And I found that when you find that light, you actually have to sometimes lead from the front. Mm -hmm. And so my journey in life is to help others find that light so that they too can shine. So your journey around the world through other cultures led you also to change the way you look at life because you now are not so much in the background anymore. You chose to step up to the front of the stage or to the front of the room mm -hmm. and let your light shine, right? Let my light shine. And you know, vulnerability is not a bad thing. No, it's not. Because when you are vulnerable, you allow people to see right through your heart and then connect. And that I believe has been my purpose in life, is to find people and connect. And in Hawaii, ohana means no one gets left behind. And ohana, in the very essence of the word, is family. And every single person that has come into my life, I hope they leave knowing that they're always family. Well, I'm so honored to be ohana. <laughs> and. I've, I've always, um, I've always admired you ever since I, I gotten to know you because you carry this this love for others with you. It's it's palpable. Those who meet you know that you are genuine about it. So, um, thank you very much for letting me become part of the Ohana, and thank you for um, <laughs> bringing Ohana to our listeners. And Aloha. I hope I'm saying it right to Aloha. you. Aloha. Aloha to our listeners. Mm -hmm. Mamie, thank you so much for being on this program, and um, I look forward to interacting with you more. I hope our listeners will find you online, and you'll be inundated with their ah. requests for, <laughs> for becoming part of Ohana. Um, thank you so much, um. and I will touch base with you again maybe in a year or two to find out how, how your journey has, has, has continued and where it's taken you. Thank in the you. meantime, um, dear audience, um, check out the show notes, um, look at the website and get in touch with, with Mamie and stay with the program, stay with the show and I got a little more announcement for you coming right after the break. Mamie Lamley from Hawaii. I hope I didn't promise you too much. This woman is angelic. I hope it came through in her voice. I hope you get to meet her soon. She touches people, well, with her heart. And you don't find people like this a lot in life. We're in these some amazing nuggets on how to cross cultures effectively, learn, embrace the otherness, accept the people as they are, 
and learn the basic of behavioral norms in the new culture. Be vulnerable. I said it before, I will keep saying it. You will hear me say be vulnerable many, many times over. And the good thing is, you can learn how to say I'm sorry. And you can learn how to say excuse me in the language of your host culture. check out the show notes to find more information on how you get in touch with Mamie, how you can find her online, her empowerment on fire and her mandala mystics. Of course, she's on Facebook and all the other important social media platforms where, by the way, you also find us. If you're listening to this through iTunes or Stitcher or some other podcasting hosting service, there is a website where you can find us. It's called theculturemastery.com. Theculturemastery.com. You can send me an email to get started at theculturemastery.com. We, of course, are on Facebook under that very same name, The Culture Mastery. And, of course, this podcast has its own Facebook page, The Culture Guy. It's easy to find us. Same goes for Twitter and LinkedIn and Google Plus and all that amazing stuff. And make sure you get registered for our newsletter at Get Started. Um, just go to the website, go to theculturemastery.com, click on the Get Started button and submit your email. We have a few amazing things coming up, especially in the webinar e-learning front. There'll be lots to learn for you. However, you need to put your name on the list so we can actually keep you posted. So this was it for today. Next episode coming up soon. And, well, I can only say we're going from Hawaii to Eastern Europe. Stay tuned. The Culture Guy podcast. Hear you again soon. Thanks and bye-bye.